Alex and Peter. Good morning, my love. Good morning, my love. How'd you sleep last night? I was sleeping really well until something happened. What happened? My alarm was set to go off at 8 o'clock and at 6.30 a.m., Something happens that happen that usually happens periodically. Usually happens periodically, okay. I woke up to the gentle sounds of someone telling me that they love me. It me! And that I'm their best friend and the love of their life and whispering in my ear at 6.30 in the morning and I think I groaned and then I think I mumbled, I love you too. And then it kept going, and I think I groaned more, and then it kept going, and then I was awake, and then I was mad, but I loved you, and it was a sweet way to wake up, but dear God, it's 6.30 in the morning, what the fuck? You have so much day left ahead of you, aren't you so excited? You're a monster. I'm so excited. You literally used to do that like every day, but around 8 which was pleasant. What the fuck possessed you to do it at 6.30 in the morning? I think the obvious answer is my overwhelming love for you. Well, I love you too, babe. Yeah. But here we are. Here we are. Sun has not risen yet. Sun's not up, but when it does, I'm going to go get 10 minutes of it in my eyes. Indirectly, so I don't hurt myself. I'll join you. Yeah. Shout out Andrew Huberman. Mm-hmm. Anywho, we're not going to talk about that today. We're not going to talk about anything useful today. This is the opposite of useful. What's the topic for the day, babe? <clears throat> the topic for today is about how you watch trash TV, and I refer to it as drinking dumb bitch juice, because after you've finished a session of watching one of these like fucking stupid reality shows, you act like the dumbest bitch alive and I think it's because they rub off on you so to clarify for our dear listeners Peter's referring to dumb bitch juice in the least misogynistic way possible (laughs) I want us to be very clear that we agree on this terminology and we both refer to it as dumb bitch juice a dumb bitch recognizes a dumb bitch oh I see real recognizes real yeah for sure. As a dumb bitch myself. As a recovering dumb bitch. Uh, I, I, I gotta say, I see you, boo-boo. <laughs> I feel seen. Mm-hmm. So, alright, d- d- tell us about dumb bitch juice. How did it start? Where's it at now? Why does it still go on? Okay, I'll tell where it started. So, when I'm, like, since we've been dating and, like, what, has it been, like, what, eight years? Yeah, still dating. Still dating. Eight years. Um... Not sure, not sure about it. Still, still wanting to try it out. Well, in our history, like, like we historically, since we first got together, have watched like, you know, really amazing, high quality films together. We've watched a lot of really good television shows, like binging together. Especially when I was in grad school, we used to like binge really good shows, like at like what could be referred to as like prestige television. Um, Mad Men. Mad Men is definitely one of the highlights. It was incredible. Peaky Blinders was one of the highlights. Well, that's more recent. Yeah, that's definitely more recent. I guess the the newest season came out, but I guess the first season came out, like, what, six years ago? Seven years ago? Yeah, we've been watching it. Yeah. 
ever since. We love that show. Um, but I did notice a shift occur um, in, you know, September-ish of 2021 when I started my business and started working full-time. Like, I noticed that like, our ritual of, like, eating dinner and watching a really great show together that we had been doing for, like, three years. Um, and, like, on the weekends, sometimes binging really good TV. I felt so, like, mentally and emotionally tired after, um, like, doing therapy all day full, like, full-time, like, Monday through Friday, that I really no longer had, the like, the bandwidth. Mm-hmm. Or the emotional energy to give to serious shows. Mm-hmm. And that's been a first for me in my life. Because, like, my close friends know I hate comedies. Like, I, it may sound weird, but I don't really like laughing during shows. I like serious shows or dramas or just, like, entertaining shows that, you know, like Mad Men. Occasionally it made me laugh. Mm-hmm. But, like, mostly it was, like, interesting or... In, educational in some way or like about you know you like the characters character development yeah, yeah like set design costumes like I enjoy all that those elements of a show um but yeah since I've been working the last like year and a half let's call it I truly just don't have any inclination to watch anything with any serious like overtones themes or messages and so like the last year and a half after I get off work around, you know, 8.30 at night, and Peter gets off around 4 or 5, so he has some time to himself, but so, like, when we get home, we usually decompress and tell each other about our days, and then normally we would eat dinner and watch something, but for the last year and a half, we've been watching, like, you just, like YouTube videos or lighthearted videos on the internet, um, funny things, stand-up comedy... Um, really light stuff, because that's, mm. like, literally all I have the bandwidth for. And um, on the weekends, I find myself binging um, kind of trash, like, reality shows. And Throw some names out. What are some titles? Some titles include, <clears throat> um, well, the most socially acceptable one I've been watching, I suppose, is, like, The Bachelor and The Bachelorette. Um, I've also watched The Circle, um, Too Hot to Handle, um, what else? Married at First Sight, um, oh gosh, what's the one where they're in the pods and they, they're dating but they can't see each other and then they get married? Love is Blind. Love is Blind. I watch a lot of Love is Blind. I think I watched one of those seasons twice. See, I've never actually seen the show, but I've heard you say the name of it and then you described it and then that's how I got to it. Yeah. I've watched, like, Bachelor in Paradise, which is probably the worst, like, like mind-numbing one that I've ever seen. Basically anything... Oh, what, what's that other one? The Bling Empire. Um, Wait, you watched all of these shows? Yep. Selling Sunset, seen every season. Um, what the fuck? Literally anything that's, like, looks like trash TV on Netflix, that's reality TV, I've basically seen it. Some of them multiple times. And that is what I'll binge on the weekends for hours. And, All right. And yeah, that is my dumb bitch juice. 
So what I didn't tell you earlier is that this is actually an intervention. Mm-hmm. I'm here because I love you and I want the best for you. And I've canceled Netflix because of this. Do not cancel my Netflix. It is my lifeline on the weekends. Okay, well, um, what, what do you think you get out of Dumb Bitch Juice? So that it's just light and, like, not committal? Like, there's no nothing in the balance? I don't what? have to use my brain. I'm thoroughly entertained by, like, I, I think it's doing exactly what it's designed to do, which is, like, having, like, fairly, like, traditionally attractive people... <clears throat> kind of act really dumb or have a lot of money or try to fall in love or find love and I'm just it's mind-numbing and I I'm entertained but I don't have to think but some of the shows like um love is blind or married at first sight or the bachelor will entertain me and simultaneously I'll be like therapizing them in my head like, imagining what I would say if they came into, like, a couples therapy session or, like, identifying which couples need therapy or which couples, like, are completely incompatible and, like, are going to fight. And then I like dissecting their fights and, like, all of the, like, unhealthy behaviors that they're doing or, like, the healthy behaviors that they're doing. Um, so it's kind of like, I don't know. It's just very passively entertaining and... Yeah. All right. Well, so sometime in the future, I'm going to find a video of like one of these shows where the couple is fighting and I'm going to watch, we're going to watch it and you're going to tell me from a MFT perspective what's going on. I can already think of an, a perfect fight that I've, I literally rewinded it like three times to watch it over and over again because it was so bad and I kept like analyzing them. What the fuck? And like little things they could do differently to fight more effectively. Because, like, according to the research, even, like, self-reportedly happy couples have arguments mm -hmm. or disagreements. Yeah. The research that I've uh, most recently read or been trained in talked about how, you know, basically when you pick a person, you pick a set of problems. Nobody comes without problems. Right. Even the self-reportedly ha happiest couples who have been together for decades have problems. And the research shows that 69% of those problems nice. are perpetual problems. They're mm -hmm. not going away. Mm -hmm. They're problems that the couple over time learns to navigate with grace and humor and compassion. Things like how you take your socks off and leave them in various places around the house. Mm -hmm. And we refer to it as <clears throat> the sock graveyard. Mm -hmm. And I've just basically accepted my my reality that i will forever be picking up your socks for the rest of my life whoa, whoa, whoa since we've moved in here since we moved in the house where's the sock graveyard been i suppose your laundry hamper you've done better whoa, whoa, whoa so the dirty clothes hamper is now the sock graveyard and i'm being criticized for it okay okay i stand corrected for three years of my life, you repeatedly put your socks underneath the coffee table when you would take them off, and I would pick them up every time I did it, did laundry. Mm -hmm. And you've, you've improved on that. So I suppose that doesn't count as a perpetual problem, which leads me to the 31%. Look at you catastrophizing. Right. You dumb bitch. Don't, I <laughs> do not label cognitive distortions at me, okay? More like cognitive derp-stortion. 
Whatever. So the 31% of problems that couples have are solvable problems. And so those are problems where, like, if they compromise and talk and negotiate, they can actually come to solutions that are agreeable for both parties. They may not get 100% of what they want, either either person, but it's it becomes a solvable problem. And so I like to watch some of these, like, couple shows and, um, like, assess, like, ooh, that's a perpetual problem or that's a solvable problem and they're solving it poorly or, like, that's just a perpetual one that they need to, like, get over and stop bickering about. And I just imagine what I would tell them in the therapy room. Um, okay, wait, r- real quick. What, what it, give me an example of, like, a, like a perpetual problem. Uh, or, like, give, give me an example of something that they could, like, get through and work on. Either one. An example of a perpetual problem. Basically, they're usually rooted in differences in, like, how they were raised or it's formative experiences, different values, maybe being of different religious backgrounds, um, just different personality traits. Um, an example of a perpetual problem between us is like, I could personally, with my anxious attachment, I could basically be around you 24 seven when I'm not working and be completely happy being around you all the time. And you, with your avoidant attachment, you, need time to yourself like alone time sometimes to um recharge your battery right Mm -hmm. and just like you still spend a lot of time with me like morning and evening we spend multiple hours together look it right now exactly but there are still times sometimes some evenings or sometimes on the weekends especially where you basically ask me like hey i just need some time to myself Does that make me excited or happy? No. Have I learned to, you know, understand that that is a a need you have to be like, like fulfilled as a person and like be your healthiest, best self? Yes. I know that if I give you time to recharge your battery, you're going to be more present and um, more engaged with me when we do talk. And it's also given me the opportunity to learn how to be by myself when I have free time and keep myself entertained, which is not a skill I've ever had to have because I had, you know, siblings growing up or friends around me. Like I didn't have to be alone very often and you were an only child. So you, you had inherently like learned to be by yourself and entertain yourself more. And so through that perpetual problem of our different like ways of like recharging our battery, we've like learned to negotiate like a solution where there are times where you'd like to be by yourself and you choose to spend time with me instead. And there are times where I'd like ideally to be with you, but I choose to give you alone time so that you can recharge your battery. So like, does that make sense? Like we've learned Mm -hmm. to navigate that skillfully and without fighting, without disagreeing. Mm -hmm. And it makes us both grow as people. Yep. That does make sense. So that's a perpetual problem that we've learned to navigate with grace and humor like, there are times where I'll joke and be like, but you got alone time yesterday. Why do you need more? But it's not like I'm really arguing with you or upset. It's just that I've learned to, like, make light of it and accept when I need to spend time on my own. God, I'm making myself sound so codependent. And I... You are the neediest. I am not that needy. So needy. I'm not that... Well, I did make you go get me a blanket just, like, five minutes ago. Yeah, you couldn't walk from one side of the house to the other. Yeah... You made me. 
Yeah. When I was trying to do other things. Yeah. All right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But that's a perpetual problem. But then there are solvable problems, like when we were moving and we had different ideas of like how to pack up the house and how to stage the moving area and how to like move in general and we disagreed on it but we came to a solution like that's a solvable problem if that makes sense like don't even bring up the atrocity that was moving one of us had a plan one of us decided to go with their feelings no one was satisfied we were satisfied at the end it got done we moved it was fine so anyways, we so started anyways. this co- conversation talking about my dumb bitch juice habit, and... I gotta point out, she's sitting here with space buns. Can you describe what space buns are? They're when you take, like, like most of your hair is down in the back, but you have two buns on the top of your head, one on the right side, one on the left side, and it's Kinda just like... Kind on the top right, top left. Top right, top left of your head. And the rest of your hair is down in the back. Why are you talking about my space buns? Uh, just because I know that it is a popular hairstyle that waxes and wanes with the moon. And uh, right now it's high tide for space buns. For sure. Mm-hmm. Well, you brought up my dumb bitch juice habit and I confess to it. I watch trash TV on the regular and I'm proud of it. It's how I decompress and relax after um, doing really mentally and emotionally draining work that I love doing, but therapy is taxing. And I'm curious, like, you have your own version of dumb bitch juice that you're not talking about, and I'd like you to share. What is it? Um, the YouTube videos you watch. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, YouTube is so educational, though. Like, I said YouTube is so educational, though. It's like, how, how, do, you, how do you really say that it's dumb? It's not dumb bitch juice. It's good. Those workout meme videos you watch? Okay, so uh, what, what's the guy's name? Jack PGM or something like that? P, P, yeah, like the Shout out that guy. Uh, he makes meme videos about fitness, uh, mostly bodybuilding, <clears throat> which I'm not into. Not like personally, but I think it's fun to f- see it every now I, Anyway, I don't know. It's kind of, you know, some people are into monster trucks. Like I don't own a monster truck. But I guess they're cool. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. I, like, I watch stupid stuff on YouTube sometimes, yeah. Daily Dose of Internet. Okay, but I, I watch that with you because you like that's like your favorite thing on YouTube is Daily Dose of the Internet. I'm just saying you have your own version of dumb bitch juice that's like super mindless. Yeah, but most of the, So, like, what, what did I consume yesterday mostly? It was mostly uh, a podcast with an imam on, like, what is Islam. Mm-hmm. And... Didn't you do another um, YouTube video on the history of India? Yeah, history of India. So, like, more history, like, useful stuff. Chess, like, lessons and tutorials oh, and the other like night that. we watched a YouTube video on, um... How to pack. How to pack for travel. Mm-hmm. But then That's we useful. watched that really cool one on traveling to Namibia. Oh, yeah. See, that documentary on Namibia? That was fun. Yeah. See, and I wouldn't necessarily call these things dumb bitch juice because, like... When else, so like if dumb bitch juice is what I think of like uh, like reality TV where it's dating shows and the people like people who are like trying to do the social ladder climbing thing and like you know they're trying to build their brand and like become famous and you know and like in their ecosystem like in that bubble yeah the, like they matter right 
but like Indian history, like there might be points in my life where things come up where it's like, oh yeah, I know, I know about Ashoka now. Killed 99 brothers and like, uh, you know, defeated, uh, 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 or like met Alexander the Great or something, you know, like st- stuff like that, like where, where like I could actually have a, con- I, I guess I could actually have a conversation about dumb bitch juice with somebody else, but I think the likelihood, you know, is, is actually now that I think about it, we live in the United States, so maybe it is more likely that I'll have a conversation about dumb bitch juice than I would about the history of India. Who knows? But I'm just finding it more useful to me, like in my pursuit of becoming like a, a more fulsome human, you know, to know about the history of India or you so know, know about Namibia. So how these workout meme videos make you a more fulsome human? <sighs> they make me laugh from my belly. That's your dumb bitch juice. Yeah. Yeah, you have it too. Yeah. I think you're addicted to YouTube. Okay, so I did download uh, a an extension for my browser and I have an app on my phone. Uh, both of them track the way that I use either the computer or the phone, and I am making concerted efforts to throttle down my usage of both, and not just my overall usage, but my usage of what I've uh, tagged as negative apps or negative websites, uh, and YouTube is on the negative end, so, so I'm working so on it. So what are the tags? Like, negative is what, time wasters? Yeah, yeah, so like just not useful stuff or like... Uh, you know, like social media, not that I really have those anymore, but like, um, yeah, YouTube or, um, is Reddit. Yep. Reddit's Reddit is on the negative is tagged as negative. Most stuff is tagged as neutral. Cause it's like my, like the apps on my computer that make my computer go. Um, or like your Gmail or, well, I count Gmail as productive because if I'm getting stuff out of there, then. Oh, okay. So you have a productivity label. Yeah, so there's three. There's uh, positive, neutral, and negative. And uh-huh. so I just, any website or app, I can just tag them. And then I can look at my usage, and it'll give me a broad, like based on what I've tagged, a broad um, like uh, depiction of how, how, you're I, spending yeah, your how time. I'm spending my time. Yeah, so the idea is that if I know how I'm spending my time, I can be more conscious about spending it the way that I want to spend it. Yeah. So... Well, there's a time and place for dumb bitch juice. I'm not saying that there's like there should never be any dumb bitch juice. I'm just saying that the just be mindful of your use of dumb bitch. Dumb bitch juice is a tool just like any other tool, just like weed or alcohol or uh, hey, shout out amphetamine salts. I'm gonna take you here in a little bit, get some work done. Um, but yeah, just like as long as you're using it appropriately and not you know like. It could be negative to binge watch, you know, season after season after season of Love is Blind, if that's all you're doing, you know. Most recently, it's been my unorthodox life. <laughs> Are we going to start a spinoff podcast where we talk about whatever dumb bitch juice you're on at the moment? I'd love to. Do you think we could get away with calling it dumb bitch juice, like as a name? I think I could. You could. Wait, is it not appropriate for me to say dumb bitch juice? I think with a disclaimer, it's fine. Do you think people think that it's bad that I call you a dumb bitch sometimes? Um, only if they don't realize that, like, I call you a dumb bitch, too. That's true. Like, I feel like dumb bitch is very gender neutral. Don't don't fall for it. She's just trying to give me cover. I'm actually going to bounce this bitch's head off the pavement later. That's your favorite thing to... To do, yeah, To I know. say, to be inflammatory these days. 
people react to that in a visceral, visceral way. It's a visceral statement. I like words. Words are good. Words are strong. If you don't know this about Peter already... I love he, a good turn of phrase. He loves shock value. Bounce that bitch's head off the pavement. Just sounds horrible. Just it does a, sound horrible. Jesus Christ, dude. Like, why would you do that? What did she do? What did you do? Where? Who hurt you? Can I help you? Right. Where's your mom? <laughs> Oh my god! Have you seen that? Have you seen that Venn diagram um, where it's the it's the three different options? It's like uh, it's like okay, buddy, or or hey, buddy, you want to go outside? And where's your mommy? And then it's like uh, stuff you say to a dog, stuff you say if you want to get in a fight, and stuff you say to console a child. And they they all overlap. And then like, have you seen that one? No, I haven't. Okay, I'll I'll show it to you sometime. It's really good. But anyway, you there you know you can you know there are phrases where you can. You can either be in a fight or you can be consoling a child. Or talking to a dog. Or talking to a dog. Yeah. That's funny. So. Anyways, sometimes we all watch things we're not necessarily proud of to just take our minds off of our troubles or our stressors. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's okay. And I kind of like you, I try to be mindful of how I spend my time. Like during the week when I'm working Monday through Friday, I try to consume therapy-related material, usually podcasts or articles. Mm -hmm. Um, And I really minimize... I don't really watch Netflix during the week, but on the weekends, I really consider it free game. Like, I I make a couple of social plans with my friends. I spend quality time with you. But if Mm -hmm. I'm just, like, chilling and wanting to relax, I will definitely spend a few hours, like, watching reality TV and, like, just decompressing in general. Um, yeah, I feel like it gives my brain a break and I'm fine with it. But I, I lately, the last, maybe the last month or so, I'm trying to be more intentional, um, and maybe spend a little bit fewer hours watching Netflix and, uh, just a little bit more time on the weekends reading recreationally, like Mm -hmm. reading things that aren't necessarily therapy related because that makes me feel like I'm working but just like reading a magazine or reading a book um, that's not that's like a you know fiction novel or mm-hmm. something like that, not for very long, but you know just maybe like a, a few pages or a couple chapters or I might read the whole magazine. Um, I'm trying to do that more because I read some research a little while ago that showed that six minutes of reading is relaxing for your brain and your nervous system. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to incorporate that. Um, I think I said this in an earlier episode, but growing up, I used to read so much, like constantly, that I got awards at school for reading, and my parent, my mom used to ground me from my books for, for like, when I would get in trouble. I know I said this in a previous episode. Yes, you have. But, like, remember when you talked about Peter, like, you're not a writer if you don't write, mm-hmm. or you're not a poet if you're not writing poetry, or an artist if you're not making art. And I realized, like, most of my life I've, called, like, told people I like to read. But since grad school, I hadn't, like, really read any books at all. And I think I really got drained on reading in grad school because we had to read so much heavy, like, so many heavy textbooks. But even before grad school, like, between, like, in my late 20s when I was working at the restaurant and before grad school... I really wasn't reading very often, and I, th- I really blame my phone and kind of 
how technology works and affects our attention spans. And I found reading to be more tedious and I'd rather be on my phone. And like that is something that I've been more mindful over the last couple months of trying to work on is like developing more patience and expanding my attention span. And actually on the flight to Bora Bora, on the way there, I read my first book cover to cover, um, my first book in a year and a half since grad school. And I was really proud of myself, um, for finishing it. And so, yeah, kind of like you, I'm trying to just minimize the time that I'm wasting and still find like relaxing things to do, but that serve me and like make me a more well-rounded, fulsome human, as you said. All right, dear listeners, so I think what you can take away from our conversation today is that you should uh, take out your phone, open it, look at it, and then throw it on the goddamn ground as hard as you can. Just obliterate that thing. Run into the woods. Take off all of your clothes. Smear mud and berries and, and the blood of animals that you catch along the way all over your body return to nature and be what human beings are supposed to be one with the collective consciousness like i said you love shock value you love words what?